0: chapter twenty six of the stowmarket mystery or a legacy of hate by louis tracy this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by carolyn chapter twenty six mr ooma he kept his word early next morning after despatching a message to david hume and receiving an answer in acknowledgment of his address in case of need he took train to london by the sea and for thirty-six hours flung mysteries and intrigues to the winds he came back prepared for the approaching climax in such matters he was a human barometer the affairs of the family in whose interests he had become so suddenly involved were rapidly reaching an acute stage something must happen soon and that something would probably have tremendous and far-reaching consequences capella and his companions known and unknown would reach london at seven thirty p m it pleased brett to time his homeward journey so that he would speed in the same direction but arrive before them in these trivial matters he owned to a boyish enthusiasm it stimulated him to beat the other man even if he only called upon the london brighton and south coast line to conquer a weak opponent like the Southeastern. At his flat were several letters and telegrams. Mrs. Capella wrote, ''I have seriously considered your last words to me. It is hard for a woman, the victim of circumstances, and deprived of her husband's support, at a most trying and critical period to know how to act for the best you said you wished your hands to be left unfettered well be it so you will encounter no hindrance from me i pray for your success and can only hope that in bringing happiness to others you will secure peace for me poor woman he murmured she still trusts to chance to save her whom does she dread not her husband each day that passes she must despise him the more does she know that robert loves her is she afraid that he will despise her really a collision in which capella was the only victim would be a perfect godsend david telegraphed the safe arrival of the party at a whitby hotel we have seen nothing more of our northumberland avenue acquaintance he added holden too cabled from paris announcing progress the remainder of the correspondence referred to other matters and social engagements all which letter fixtures the barrister had summarily broken winter was announced his face heralded important tidings well how goes the ratiocinative process was brett's greeting i don't know him said the detective but I do happen to know most of the private inquiry agents in London, and one of them's going strong in Middle Street. He's watching Mr. Uma for all he's worth. Mr. Uma? I'm not joking, Mr. Brett. That is the name of the mysterious gent in Number 37. Uma, no initials, Anyhow, that is the name he gives to the landlady and her daughter, the girl you followed from the hotel, tells all her friends that when he gets his rights, he will marry her and make her a princess Uma a princess, repeated Brett, such is the yarn in Kennington circles. I obeyed orders absolutely. I and my mate took turn about in the lodgings we hired, where we are supposed to be inventors. My pal has a mechanical twist. He puts together a small electric machine during his spell, and I take it to pieces in mine. Yesterday my landlady was in the room, and Uma looked out of the opposite window. Then she told me the whole story. Go on, do mr ooma is evidently puzzled to learn what has become of the hume frazers and mrs capella why do you bring in her name because it leads to the second part of my story some one capella or his solicitors i expect instructed messieurs Matcham and smith private detectives to keep a close eye on the lady their man is an ex-police constable a former subordinate of mine who was fined for taking a drink when he ought not to of course i knew him and he knew me so i hadn't much trouble in getting it out of him the speaker paused with due dramatic effect got what out of him cried brett impatiently and don't puff your cheeks in that way remember the terrible fate of the frog who would be a bull there's neither frogs nor bulls in this business retorted winter calm in the consciousness of his coming revelation mrs capella did go to middle street that night she drove there in hansom had a long talk with Uma, and nearly drove miss dew crazy with jealousy we guessed that already miss dew is the prospective princess i presume Yes, she has been twice to the hotel since, trying to find out where the party went to. Next? Uma has plenty of money, and now for my price packet. He is a Jap. Impossible. This time you are wrong, Mr. Brett you have only seen him once. You were full of his remarkable likeness to the Hume Frazier's. It is startling, I admit, and at night-time no man living could avoid the mistake. But I tell you, he is a Jap. He met Jiro yesterday, and they walked in Kensington Palace Gardens. They talked Japanese all the time. My mate heard them. He distinctly caught the word Okasaki more than once. He managed to shadow them very neatly by hiring a bath-chair, and telling the attendant to come near to the pair every time there was a chance. More than that, when you know it, you can see the Japanese eyes, skin and mouth. It is the grafting of the jap on the European model that gives him the likeness to well, to the party you mentioned the other day.' "'The devil!' exclaimed Brett. "'That's him!' It was useless to explain that the exclamation was one of amazement. The barrister began to roam about the apartment, frowning with the intensity of his thoughts. Once he confronted Winter. "'Are you sure of this?' he demanded so sure that were it not for your positive instructions mr ooma would now be in holloway awaiting his trial on a charge of murder look at the facts rabbit jack can identify him he knows how to use the kukatana he knew the japanese tricks of wrestling which enabled him to make those two clever attacks on the two cousins he has some power over mrs capella which brings her to him at eleven at night in a distant quarter of london he made jiro write the typed letter in my possession he sent jiro to ipswich to attend mr david's second trial when the first missed fire i can string mr ooma on that little lot winter said brett sternly you make me tired have all these stunning items of intelligence invaded your intellect only since you went to middle street no, not exactly, Mr. Brett. I must admit that each one of them is your discovery, except the fact that he is a Jap, always expecting that, but yesterday I strung them together, so to speak ending your task by stringing uma in imagination i allow you full credit for your sensational development always expecting this that i sent you to middle street why did he kill sir Allen? how does his japanese nationality elucidate an utterly useless and purposeless murder i don't know mr brett unless i am much mistaken you will learn to-night holden is nearly due the barrister resumed his stalk around the room in another minute he stopped to glance at his watch half past seven he murmured just time to get a message through to whitby and perhaps a reply he wrote a telegram to hume where is ferguson i want to see him what has ferguson got to do with the business asked the detective probably nothing but he is the oldest available repository of the family secrets his master has told him to be explicit with me by questioning him i may solve the riddle presented by mr Uma. does the name suggest nothing to you mr winter it has a japanese ring about it nothing scotch isn't it like hume for instance by jove i never thought of that well there i give in ooma dash my buttons that beats cock-fighting the barrister paid no heed to winter's fall from self-importance he pondered deeply on the queer twist given to events by the detective's statement at last he took a volume from his bookcase. ''Do you remember what I told you about Japanese names?'' he said. ''I described to you, for instance, what strange mutations your surname would undergo were you born in the Far East.'' ''Yes, I would be called Spring, Summer, etc., according to my growth.'' then listen to this and he read the following extract from that excellent work the mikado's empire by w e griffiths it has until recently in japan been the custom for every samurai to be named differently in babyhood boyhood manhood or promotion change of life or residence in commemoration of certain events or on account of a vow or from mere whim what a place for aliases interpolated the professional at the birth of a famous warrior went on brett his mother having dreamt that she conceived by the son called him hiyoshi maro good son others dubbed him Kochiku small boy and afterwards saru watsu monkey pine he closed the volume this gentleman has twenty other names he added but the foregoing list will suffice doesn't it strike you as odd that the man who struck down the fifth hume Fraser baronet on the spot so fatal to his four predecessors, should bring from a country given to such name-changes a cognomen that irresistibly recalls the original enemy of the family, David Hume. It is odd, asserted Winter. Someone rang, and was admitted. Mr. Holden announced Smith. End of chapter 26